And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent ya. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call. 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. I did book my appointment this morning at Clean Cuts and, you know, feeling good, feeling great. And not only the cut, but this Raptors game has me feeling some type of way on this Saturday night, January 4th, Raptors with a big win. This is a game to me, people, as a reminder of why we find it so fun to root for this Toronto Raptors team so entertaining it's just fun to watch and it's a bunch of guys that are super easy to root for even when they're struggling it's all effort all the time and this team is just a lot of fun to rock with again my name is Sheldon Alexander thank you guys for tuning in as you do live after each and every Toronto Raptor game live on Twitter because this is the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post game show after each and every Raptors game on Twitter at Shell Alexander Taking your comments and questions there. Same thing goes for an Instagram feed as well. Taking comments and questions at Shel, Sheldon Alexander on Instagram. And if you're on Instagram, you want to switch over, get the full feed. The link is in the bio on Instagram. That way you get the full feed, the full set, the proper audio, all that fun stuff. And of course, as always, busy sports night. So if you need to catch up with us later, hey, no problem. We got you covered. iTunes, SoundCloud. Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Like and subscribe there as this Wrap It Up army continues to grow because this Raptors fan base is strong and this team makes it super easy to cheer for. So thanks again for you guys for tuning in. If you are seeing this feed and you want to get your comments and questions in, do it live right now on Facebook, or sorry, not on Facebook, on Instagram or on Twitter and hit us with a like, hit us with a retweet. That just sends the podcast into more people's feeds, opening up the party to more people to enjoy this team that we love. Your Toronto Raptors, the defending NBA champions. What a game. What a game. I mean, you watch this Raptors team, and I've, I say this constantly, right? I've gotten out of the business of trying to predict what Kyle Lowry is going to do on a night-in, night-out basis gotten out of that business because there's no point right I can't predict what Kyle Lowry's gonna do I know that he's gonna have some crazy games some great Kyle Lowry games where everything's going in and you see what's going on with Kyle tonight and he's gonna have some games where he doesn't make shots at all I have no idea but I've gotten out of the business and I've decided that I'm just gonna enjoy the ride of what Kyle Lowry does because hey I'm not going to be the one to predict what he's going to do. And this game, to me, was a microcosm of that. Because in the first half, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet were struggling. Right? The Raptors weren't making shots. It looked awfully similar to the game that they just lost against Miami, where nothing was falling. And then, boom, flick the switch, and all of a sudden, everything's falling. And it's led by Kyle and Fred. And I'm going to bring this up because if you guys follow me on this pod, you know I'm always very honest with, you know, if I'm wrong about something or, you know, I'll call myself out. And 
I tweeted during this game, during the second quarter, much like last game versus Miami, the Fred Van Fleet and Kyle backcourt is too small versus this Nets team. Can't get anything going on offense. That is a tweet by this guy sitting right here, Sheldon Alexander. And then you know what happened? This Toronto Raptors team, and hey, let, let's be honest. The, the numbers backed up the eye test of what I was seeing at the time. The Raptors were down nine early, and to start the game, the Nets were shooting 61% and shooting 60% from three. Raptors were shooting 37% and 14% from three. So the Raps started off terrible. And the thing with the Raptors' offense early was it was very slow-paced. It was very half-court oriented. And if that's the key, if that's the case for the Raptors, and you're talking Fred Van Fleet, you're talking Kyle Lowry, now, you got to go one-on-one -on -one against Spencer Dinwiddie. They had Karis LeVert coming off the bench for a bit, for sure. But you're talking about going up against bigger guards, and they switch everything. So it was a tough matchup, especially in the half court for the Toronto Raptors. And you realize the same tip, the Raptors need to, as Kyle and Fred struggled, because they're the ones that got to lead the offense, they had to get out in transition. They had to get out and, and really get in the paint and make things work. And they were not doing that in the first half at all. And then all of a sudden, second half, the turning point is simple. Nick Nurse calls a timeout in the second quarter. And since that point, the Raptors, remember, Raptors were down big. Raptors were down by as much as 16 points in this game. Second quarter, Nick Nurse calls a timeout. From that point on, Raptors outscored the Nets. 87 to 55 since that Nick Nurse timeout. And it was just a tale of two halves because early on, the Raptors were struggling. They couldn't get anything going, but they stayed in the game because it's the same theme we talk about all the time. They play defense. It's that simple. And when you play defense, you're able to stick around, hang around, hang around until shots start to fall. And that's exactly what happened in this game. And if you look back to the game against Miami, it was the same thing. Their defense kept the minute. They just couldn't hit shots. Even Kyle said in his post game with Jack, what was the biggest difference tonight? They just hit shots. And I know that sounds overly simplistic, but when you watch this team and you see what gets this team going, what leads to their success night in and night out, it starts with the effort on the defensive end. That allows them to stay in the game when on the front end, to start it, shots aren't falling. But you look and you see that, okay, well, this game needs to get started from the Raptors' perspective, from Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry. What do we know about Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry plays with a chip on his shoulder. Kyle Lowry likes to mix it up. He's always looking for that little edge. And he started off shooting poorly, and then he got into it with um, Jared Allen. And after Kyle Lowry got into it with Jared Allen, and... I'm going to be honest, that first foul where Lowry had his arm hooked, that was a flagrant foul. That was a good call. That was a, a, a weird play by Kyle Lowry. But after that play occurred, they go back and forth. There's a couple texts, another foul the other way is as Allen kind of tried to cheap shot Lowry. But that gets Kyle going. In, as a Raptor fan, you know, when you see those things happen and you see Kyle start jawing with someone else, Normally, good things will follow for the Toronto Raptors. And then Kyle Lowry just, he put on that cape and said, hey, let's go. He hit two shots early. And my guy was only two for 10 early at that point. But he started to give the Raps that little extra oomph early. 
And that kind of turned it. Because at that point, nobody was doing anything. And you need it to start with Kyle and Fred. But they just took that and went overboard. Because after that moment, Kyle hits the two shots. He starts talking a little bit of trash. Freddie gets it going in the third quarter. And that was really the turning point of the game. Because up until that point, right, you go to halftime and the Raptors were, they started playing better closer towards the end of the half. They're able to cut it to four as a 12-0 run at the end of the half. Cut the lead to four. Uh, The Nets were shooting 56%. Raps were shooting just 38%. But, again, defensive intensity. And in that first half, the Raptors had 20 points off of 16 turnovers that they forced. Toronto Raptors did it on the defensive end. Somehow had it to four points despite shooting 38%. And I mentioned the Kyle Lowry little tussle. He hits a couple shots. Raptors are on a crazy run. It actually got up to a 15-0 run. The Raptors are right back in the game. They hit a couple shots, and then Kyle hits a three. He's inspired by the chip on his shoulder. Now he's talking trash. He's talking trash to the people in the crowd. He's talking trash to the Nets bench. And that when he gets that swagger going, everyone just kind of follows suit. And the first dude to follow suit was Fred Van Fleet, who had a third quarter that was just crazy. And I'm going to emphasize this, right? The Raptors' poor shooting in the first half, the ball was stagnant, there's not real movement, him and Kyle aren't really pushing the pace. In that third quarter, it was all Kyle and Fred. And Freddie was grabbing rebounds, he's getting out on the break, leading the charge, driving hard to the basket, shooting threes, everything was going for Freddie. Freddie put in work in that third quarter to a point where he had 14 points in that third, and the Raptors ended up shooting 50% in the third quarter, following just shooting 38% in the first half. So when you see something like that, and those two guys get it going, my worry was, would they have enough left in the tank in the fourth quarter? And yes, because essentially Kyle and Fred just tag, it was like a tag team. They just like high-fived, and it's like, okay, your turn. And then Kyle's knocking down threes. These two guys went on such a crazy run in the second half. They combined for last I had it at, so pardon me if I have this number off, but last I had it at was 39 points. Those two guys combined for in the second half. Freddie had 22 points in the second half. And that's the scoring that when you're getting that from those guys, regardless of who's in the lineup, that's the only chance the Raptors have of winning. If Kyle and Fred don't shoot well, the Raptors are going to lose especially with all the injuries. But uh, someone checks in and says, actually, it's 41 points. Thank you. Appreciate that. This is why this is a team effort, right? I love this podcast so much. Too funny. But let me know what you guys think. When you see Freddie just get going, Freddie hits a shot. He got called for a weird technical after as well. (coughs) Freddie got called for a weird technical as well, where he hits a shot, turns to the ref, tells him he got fouled, and the ref kind of like, brushes him off, calls him for a tech, but the Raps already extended the lead. And Freddie and Kyle were doing a little bit of everything because it was ball movement again. So then when the ball got around to whether it was Terrence Davis, he's getting a good look. Whether it was Rondé on the break, he's getting a good look. And everyone else, it just becomes contagious. But it starts with Kyle and Fred. That's how it's going to be all the time, even with Pascal in the lineup, but especially without Pascal and Norm, it's going to go through those two guys. And I'm going to make this point again because it's such a key thing. 
When you look at how ugly that Miami game was, it was low scoring, old school NBA Eastern Conference basketball, right? Game finished in the 80s. That's a half court set. Freddie and Kyle are undersized backcourt. And most teams, if you're going to play like that against them, they're just going to match up those guys, make their lives tough in the half court set. And if you look at the difference between what happened in that game leading into the first half of this game, and then how the Raps were able to flip that in the second half, Kyle and Fred were able to get out and run. Kyle and Fred were able to push the ball, set the tempo, get things going, get buckets in transition. Because again, huge key to this game is that the Toronto Raptors were able to get turnovers. 24 turnovers the Raptors forced in this game that led to 32 points. Again, 32 points the Raptors off of 24 turnovers by the Brooklyn Nets. And that's a game right there. Kyle and Freddie leading the charge, but your defense turning into offense. 18 fast break points for the Raps. There you go. That's a ball game. 29 in the second half from Freddie. 26, or sorry, 29 in the game from Freddie. 26 from Kyle Lowry. I mean, getting production like that. Hope everything is all right. And the Nets, the Nets were shooting the ball well. Karis LeVert gave them a little bit of everything. It's just the turnovers were horrible. I mean, at the end of the day, too, they're missing their starting point guard in Kyrie Irving. But the Nets are kind of in a tailspin right now. I'd assume Kyrie's got to come back soon, but can't be soon enough for that team because they've now lost five in a row, and that's a bad loss for them at home. 121-102, like that's a whooping, right? The Raptors outscored the Nets by 16 points in that fourth quarter. And if you're looking at this Raptors team, and I'm on the record as saying, when those injuries happened, any win that you get, you take. Raptors are now 5-4. and four. That's crazy. I'm stunned. And you play, when you're dealing with injuries and all that, you play whoever's in front of you. You can't worry about who's a great team, who's not a good team. You just need the wins because... The way that the Eastern Conference playoffs are shaking up right now, you need home court advantage. You don't want to be in fifth place in that fourth, four or five matchup, having to to have to go into Philly, and Philly has home court advantage. You don't want to play the Heat as that four or five seed, and they have home court advantage. So all these wins are super important. And the Raptors right now, you look up and you say that they're twenty four and twelve battling through all these injuries hey if you ask me if at the start of the year and i'm on the record as saying i thought the raptors would finish in the bottom eight or sorry like the bottom four of the playoff teams meaning four to or five to eight seed that's where i thought the raps would finish and people were on me about well, how could i say that and all that jazz and there's a bunch of different reasons for it but one of them was i was really worried about the raptors health because if they went through a period of getting injuries how would they handle it without having, you know, that break in case of emergency, Kawhi Leonard to just put you on a back on his back and win a game. And they've surpassed my expectations in terms of what they've done with the injuries. It's been incredible to watch what this team does. And it just shows the foundation built. It's it's a thing, man. It's a thing. So you accept the fact that you lose those games against Miami. Cool, that's okay. But you come out in this game, you start off that poorly, and then your two guys, your two dogs Hey, they bring you back. And the other thing to talk about, as we mentioned the injuries, uh, there was a 
uh, note earlier that Nick Nurse says the order of return for the injured players, he thinks Thomas first, Norman Powell second, and then Nurse stressed a ways away Gasol and finally Siakam. I wonder how this is going to be going forward because, you know, I still think Freddie's banged up. If all those guys were healthy, I bet Freddie probably would have taken a game off here or there because you can tell he's still dealing with a little bit of something and he came back a little bit early because of the injuries. And same thing with Kyle Lowry. You want to get him some rest as well. So I don't really know when you're going to see this Raptors team at full strength. But in the meantime, hey, as uh, DJ Raymond points out, Raptors' schedule is easy for the next month. You're facing a lot of like sub-500 teams, not a lot of really great teams coming up on the Raptors' schedule. But hey, you play who's in front of you. And enjoy the fact that all this time has given you a chance to get great looks at Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, guys that you weren't really sure what you were going to get from them. And now you know, hey, they can be rotation guys for you. So... In the same way, and I know it's on a different level, but think back to last year. And I know everyone keeps bringing up the records and comparing the records to last year, but now in hindsight, we forget how last year went, right? Like, there was a full month where Kyle and uh, Kawhi basically traded games that they were sitting off. So Kyle would play for like five games, and then Kawhi would be out, and then Kawhi would come back, and then Kyle would be off. So I'm just saying... Be careful with how you make those comparisons from last year to this year because I still stress the fact that the Raps went all out last year. They probably would have won 60-plus games. Easily, they would have won 60-plus games. Just my opinion. doesn't really matter, but the point remains. You're dealing with all these injuries and you're able to still put up solid numbers as this Raptors team. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Let's get some comments, though, because there's a lot of people filtering in on both feeds, whether you are on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander or on Twitter. We take your comments and questions live. That is one of the main things that we love to do on this podcast because we are live and interactive. The only live and interactive Raptors post-game show there is. Let's do the do. Uh, so Kathari checks in on Twitter and says, great win, easy team to root for. And it's just because it, even if they lose, it's all effort. It's all heart. And isn't that incredible to see? I mean, even after the Miami game, if you tune into that pod, I wasn't really that mad after that game because shots didn't fall. They shot horribly, but at the end of the game, at the end of the game, they still put out all this effort. JC checks in on Twitter and says, what a grind, damn entertaining, love it. Uh, 1K Carissa checks in and says, nice cut. Yes, I got a shout-out skipping the crew today. Barbershop was on fire this morning. Lots of jokes. Always a good time in the barbershop. Definitely go check them out. Uh, let's see. Captain Save-A-Bro says, Freddie and Lowry, beautiful. Happy you're back, man. I needed these after-game conversations. Hey, that's why we're here. Want to hear from the people. Like, how, how cool is it? Because I always mention this and I only say this repeatedly because I want to repeat it for our newcomers. But the reason why I created this was because there's so many times when after a Raptor game would happen, a crazy Raptor game, and you just want more talk. You want more conversation about what you just saw and it didn't exist. That's why this platform is here. And it's about hearing from you guys because I always mention I'm just giving my opinion. You know, I, I work in the industry. 
my my first year working in the industry, I was interning on court cuts, LeBron's rookie year. That was my first job, my not nah, my first like paid gig, because I was doing like CIS stuff or college university stuff with McAuliffe. That was my first like intern gig in the business, but like paid consistent gig. LeBron's rookie year, court cuts. So that's deep covering the game, covering the NBA. I mentioned at times too, still producing Tim and Sid. So like, I'm in this, covered a lot of things. I think I know basketball, but I'm about having the conversation. I want to hear from Raptors fans because I feel like that's the way that the media is in this era. Like I can give you my opinion, but I'm not saying that I'm right or that I know everything. We're all sitting down and watching the same game. So let's share thoughts, right? Uh, let's see what else we got here. So many more comments coming through as someone brings up Karen's brings up Fred and Serge though. Serge is a guy who isn't getting enough credit. And I'll even say, I'll put myself in that boat is not giving Serge enough credit again, Serge with 21 and 12. And the really big thing about Serge Ibaka is he's alone, like true by definition, big guy that the Raptors have. And he's kind of on this Island on his own having to hold down the fort and dominate the paint, and he's doing that. Game in, game out, without Marc Gasol, and then shout to Chris Boucher, because he's coming in and doing a solid job as well. 7.7 rebounds, just being active. But Boucher, you know, is still a kid, so you can't really... What you're getting from him is gravy, and it's great, but you can't really be banking on it every single night. But Serge has been great. Constant double doubles. Here's a comment here. Glow Girl Smile on Instagram says Serge has been getting consistent double doubles while Gasol is out. It's true. Serge Ibaka has been playing amazing for the Toronto Raptors. And you look at the numbers. He had a double double with 21 and 12. Shouts to Freddie, who also had a double double with 29 points and 11 assists. Those three guys, with all the injuries you're dealing with, Kyle, Serge, and Freddie. Those guys have to play well. That's key. It's so key. Uh, let's get some more comments, though. Let me go to Instagram before the Instagram people get mad at me, as they do saying that I only read comments off of Twitter now. Uh, someone says, check out Sheldon's IG story on his fresh cut. <laughs> I try. I try. Uh, let's see more comments. Someone's asking where I've been. Apologies if you missed the last podcast. I was sick over the whole break. Had no voice. My voice still isn't even fully back now. But trying to gut it out. Trying to cut it through. Uh, let's see. DT. Uh, DT Letetowick. Hope I pronounced that right. Says Kalo carrying the team. I'm going to ask you this Raptors fans. Kyle Lowry carrying the team. It's great. But how fired up do you get watching Kyle Lowry hit shots and just talk mega shit to the crowd? Basically to everyone on site. He basically told the whole crowd, get out of here. After he hit that deep dagger three late. It's just incredible to watch when Kyle Lowry's cooking like that. It's fun to watch. And I really thought a key swing in this game was Kyle Lowry picked up his fourth foul. This sums up Kyle Lowry to me, right? Picks up his fourth foul. And obviously, we're talking about how key Kyle and Fred have been in this Raptors run. So Kyle picks up his fourth foul, and where most players would kind of shy away from the game or maybe even get subbed out so that he doesn't pick up his fifth, what does Kyle do on the very next play? Takes a charge. <laughs> and that's just Kyle Lowry. Then comes down, buries a three. 
That's just Kyle Lowry. And, I mean, we know that you're not going to rely on that night in, night out in the playoffs. But if he gets enough support around him, you saw the results last year, right? So, Kyle Lowry's going to Kyle Lowry. And as long as he's still in the Raptors uniform, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Let's get some more comments. So much filtering in. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dan says Sheldon is in LeBron's rookie class. Nuts. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well played. DJ Raymond says big up Boucher. Shout to Chris Boucher. I will not have a bad, a negative word to say about Chris Boucher because it's all hustle. It's all heart. And Chris Boucher is a grinder. He represents everything that's right with this Toronto Raptors organization, especially as we see O'Shea Brissett get sprinkled in a little bit here as well. And what does my guy do? He plays hard defense, gets on the glass, and is all hustle. That's what this whole Raptors organization is. Dude's grinding it out in the G League, getting a chance, and making the most of their opportunity. Uh, someone says, I don't give a fuck. Kyle Lowry is a bad man. <laughs> I agree. Someone else says, this is the Kyle I like. I mean, Kyle doing this, who's going to be mad at Kyle? You can't, right? I mean, this is a Kyle Lowry that gets everyone frustrated when they, they keep saying, how can you talk about trading Kyle Lowry? <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, too funny. Uh, let's get some more comments so on Instagram because there's a lot going here. We'll wrap things up soon, but here's a bunch of more comments. Um, someone talking about the refs. If you know me, I'm never going to talk about the refs. Uh, Craig says, Boucher had a solid game in the second queue. He kept them in the game for a bit. And it's true. And the, the key to a Chris Boucher, you're just buying minutes, right? As long as he's there, you're buying minutes. And buying minutes until Serge gets a bit of rest and can come back in. And as long as you do it on the defensive end, as mentioned, you keep the team in the game. JC says Kawhi's ancient history. You know me. I do not buy into that. I will never disrespect the man Kawhi Leonard like that again because he has played a massive role in what is the Toronto Raptors championship team. Uh, Karen. Shouts to Karen. This is teamwork here. Karen writes in on Twitter, and Karen says, Michael Grange reports Fred and Serge both okay. Phew. Thank you, Karen. Appreciate that. This is what I'm talking about. This is the beauty of this pod. I know I'm the one here talking, but this is the people's pod. This is everyone involved, everyone helping out. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. Uh, Craig also says, Fred is a low-key, quiet leader. I think he needs Kyle's anger to get fired up sometimes. Agreed. I mean, watching Kyle just flick that switch after he got into it with Jared Allen... And then all of a sudden, boom, Freddie's got a little extra pep in his step as well. It's cool to watch. It's very cool to watch. Uh, yeah, Nick Nurse says none, none of the injuries are serious. And that's great That's great news, right? That's great news to hear because the one thing you don't want, the one thing the Raps can't have is more injuries. But the other thing the Raptors can have are wins. And they got another one today. Big win. 121-102 over the Brooklyn Nets as your Toronto Raptors. As mentioned, the Raptors improved to 24-12 after a 121-102 victory as they outscored the Brooklyn Nets by 16 points in the fourth quarter. Raptors are now 10-7 on the road, 5-4 and 
since dealing with all these crazy injuries. Fred Van Fleet finishes with 29 points. Kyle Lowry with 26 points. Don't forget about the double-double from Freddie because he was high in the assist game as well. Key to this game, though, Raptors forcing 24 turnovers leading to 32 points. 18 fast break points. That is a difference in the game. If you ever listen to me say anything and follow what I'm talking about, just know the thing I will always bring up. As a small backcourt with Fred and Kyle, they need to get out and run. Raptors need to get out and transition and create points. That's how those guys are going to score. When they get bogged down too much in the half court, it's too tough. It's too tough for them to get buckets as an undersized backcourt like that against a lot of teams that kind of resemble Brooklyn in the sense where they got a bunch of like 6'5", 6'6", guys that'll just switch every single screen. So you saw that tonight. Difference from first half to second half. And hey, the second half of this game, in comparison to the previous six quarters of Raptors basketball, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Beautiful thing to watch. But yes, Toronto Raptors get the win and look forward to their next game as I bring up the Raptors' schedule. The Raptors, I think, play on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they host Carmelo Anthony and the Portland Trailblazers. Can't believe I just said Carmelo Anthony and the Portland Trailblazers. I feel bad saying that. This is a disrespect to Dame Miller. But either way, great game for the Toronto Raptors. It's another victory. As this Raptors team continues to impress, continues to just do such a great job dealing with all the injuries, doing such a great job defending their NBA championship, showing the heart, showing the great organizational depth that Nick Nurse and Masai and Bobby Webster and the whole crew got to get a whole lot of credit for because they got all these guys buying in, playing hard defense night in, night out, playing zone if they need to sharing the ball if they it's beautiful but thank you guys for rocking with me as you do on twitter after each and every toronto raptors game live at shell alexander same thing we got the podcast another feed going up on instagram at sheldon alexander main feed though on twitter really appreciate you guys rock with me sending in your comments and questions because it's a beautiful thing being live and interactive after these games we are so hyped over what happened, what you just watched. Watching Kyle Lowry swear to the whole crowd <laughs> in Brooklyn. Ah, beautiful. I guess it was the Maasai, you know, F Brooklyn. Another one of those games. Beautiful thing to see. But of course, if you ever miss the pod, I know there's a football game on right now. Lots of other stuff going on. So always remember, we become a podcast that you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, all those places, whatever those places you check content, please like and subscribe, rate us, follow up. All those things become important as we continue to snowball this podcast into something bigger and better in 2020. So I really appreciate you guys rocking with me because this is this is for us. As a fan base, we deserve a platform like this. So instead, until they give us one, we're going to create it on our own to show them that this fan base the fan base of the defending NBA champions, we out here. We out here. So thanks again for tuning in because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Oh, blast.